Hey there, my name's Chris Rivers. I want to thank you for joining us today. And if this is your first time with us, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. In each episode, we explore leadership strategies that increase your capacity and effectiveness with people. Currently, we've been focusing on the Archippus series, a process to help Christ followers discover the importance of personal ministry and how to live that out. Today, we're going to hear from one of my best friends in ministry, James Farnham. He and I have been talking offline almost daily about the principles shared in this series and just different ways we can create forward movement with what we're learning. So with that said, James Farnham, welcome to the Culture Bus Tools podcast. Hey, Chris Rivers. It's an awesome privilege to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, man. I'm excited to have others learn from you the way I get to. So real quick, tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do. Well, Chris, God has given me just a rich responsibility (laughs) in being a husband. I'm a dad of two kids. I'm a son. I'm a brother. More specifically, I'm a public school teacher. And uh, so I get to serve in that capacity. I'm also an assistant football coach here at the local high school where I work. I attend Grace Church and I am a community group leader along with my wife. We lead a community group. And so we've been doing that off and on for the last six years. Yeah. Yeah. So you're in a lot of different spaces. So there's lots of different people that you're interacting with. Over the last couple of months, you and I, we've been talking about this importance of replicating our faith in Jesus and developing a passion for the mission and others, which has been super challenging for me. So let's let's take a moment. Let's make Colossians 4.17 personal. And let's say that Paul was talking to you in verse 17. So replace the, the word Archippus with James. And so now it says, and say to James Farnham, be sure to carry out the ministry the Lord gave you. So you read that. What's going through your head when you read that? How do you respond to that statement? This is a great question. And it's it's kind of been a catalyst for a lot of thought and uh, for me, just movement in my heart and um, hopefully my actions. And so mm-hmm. I really got a lot out of what Robbie Richard had to say in episode 27 when you guys kind of kicked off this idea of the Archippus Project. Yeah. Um, I really loved what he had to say about the categories of mission being what God has given you to do. So that's like the list of your responsibilities. And more importantly, I found a lot of value in how he explained ministry, Mm -hmm. how I'm choosing to fulfill those responsibilities. And so for me, I think, you know, I've got this long list of responsibilities, but the most important thing to do, my deal, like what God has given me is how I get to carry out those responsibilities. Does that make sense? Yeah, it's the strategy of ministry. Yes, that's that's a perfect summary. And uh, so that's really been a great piece to think on for me is it's not always what I'm doing, it's how I go about doing it, which is a very simple idea. But if you consider that before you go and do something, it could really change the way that you operate in that given circumstance. Yeah. As you've been kind of thinking through this strategy, this um, personal strategy that God's given you, you're looking at the spaces where you're interacting in, uh, you're reading God's word, you're focusing on different things. I mean, what have been some of the highlights that you've noticed that you're responsible for? Absolutely. I think about that how piece 
so much how I'm going to carry out my responsibilities. And yeah. my attention is drawn to a couple of verses. I think um, the first one would be Colossians 4, um, verse 2, where it talks about devoting yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And so when I think about a thankful heart and how that translates into the how of my ministry, I think it's important to remember um, and be thankful for the opportunity to serve. Yeah. Um, number one. And then number two would be to remember and be thankful for the people who have served you. So for me, I have so many people. Chris, you are one of those people. Mm. I have a, had a middle school language arts teacher who had a huge impact on me. I've, I've had coaches. I've had Sunday school teachers. I've had you know, leaders in the church, some old, some super great friends who've given me direction. Those people have poured their energy into me. They have yep. served me. And before I can go and serve other people, I, I stop and just I'm thankful for the people who have taken the time mm. to serve me. For me, a simple moment of thankfulness helps me carry out the responsibility that I've been given. So I have a little mantra, if you will, and I repeat it to myself and I think about it, I try to practice it. And it's the idea that thankfulness increases my faithfulness. Hmm. So the more I am thankful for the people who have been a gift and a blessing to me, I have more capacity to go and do for others. Mm -hmm. That's a big that's a big statement right there. So unpack that a little bit. How do you do that? I mean, what does that look like in the spaces of school or in the spaces of your community group? So God's given you this mission of going and make disciples of being a disciple maker. So like, how does that practically work in your life? So I think of a couple of people right off the bat who have served, who have served me um, really well as a coach or as another teacher uh, when I was a student. And I remember how impactful they were as a person. The things that usually stick out to me for those people were that they were so much more concerned about me than themselves. Hmm. So for me to, to kind of replicate that and to be a person who sees another individual who I'm serving as more important than myself is a huge marker of how I carry out my my ministry. So I've, I've heard it summarized in different ways, but the best one is this. So am I a here I am person or a there you are person? So simple words, but with a profound impact. Am I going to be the most important person in a room or am I going to make sure that the other people who I'm serving are the most important people in the room? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, the first thing I thought about was just like, practically speaking, just make a list of people who've impacted me through the gospel. And then the next thing I wrote down was looking at that list of people, how have they helped me see potential in myself? So one way you're saying that this has happened for you is either someone's a, a here am I person or a there you are person. So a there you are person is is the kind of person you want to be when you think about uh, Colossians four two right. So you want to have a thankful heart. You want to be a there you are person, so they see 
the potential in themselves through the gospel instead of a here I am I focus on me, James, James, you focus on me here. Am I, is that kind of what you're saying? We don't want to be that kind of person. Absolutely. If you look at verse three, after it talks about me having a thankful heart, verse three talks about praying for God to give us opportunities to speak. Mm-hmm. And I really feel like if I'm walking in the room as a here I am, hey, look at me, I'm the most important deal. I don't have an opportunity to be heard. People don't want to That's hear right. and listen to a person like that. But if I make someone else the most important person you know, mm-hmm. in that room or in that moment, I have an opportunity to speak. And so, again, it goes back to it's not really what I'm doing that day. It's about how I'm going about doing it. Yeah. And so for me to remember important people who have given so much energy and direction to me, they have embodied that. They have been a true model of a servant, humble leader who have, who has given of themselves and everything they've done. And it it is a motivator to me as I go and do the same. Yeah, that's really good. So I think just practically speaking, we could put this in motion uh, to create forward movement around this, just, making a list of individuals that have, that we can demonstrate that thankfulness for, and we can make a list. There's a, there you are kind of person. And there's a, here am I person. And I mean, maybe we start with ourselves. Maybe we even start with Jesus. I mean, just looking at the scriptures and saying, you know, where have been the many times in scriptures that you've seen Jesus say, there you are. I think about the woman at the well. I think about Mm. uh, Lazarus. I think about, Oh, gosh, there's so many people. Mark chapter five. Let's go there real quick. Let's see. I, I want to just double tap on this because this is good, James. This is a really great principle for us to challenge ourselves with. So Mark chapter five, this is uh, Mark chapter five, verses 21 through 43. This is the story where Jesus interacts with Jarius, and he's a local synagogue leader when he saw Jesus. He fell at his feet. Hey, my little daughter's dying. Please come lay your hands on me. Heal her so she can live. And it says in verse 24 of Mark chapter five, Jesus went with him and all the people followed crowding around him. So you got this huge crowd. Jesus is with Jarius. He's doing his thing. He's going to help Jarius. He's certainly going to do that. And then it says, verse 25, a woman in the crowd had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding. She had suffered a great deal from many doctors. And over the years, she had spent everything she had to pay them. But she had gotten no better. In fact, she had gotten worse. Verse 27, it says she had heard about Jesus. So she came up behind him, though the crowd had touched his robe. For she thought to herself, if I can just touch his robe, I'll be healed immediately. The bleeding stopped and she could feel in her body that she had been healed of her terrible condition. So this idea that you're talking about is there you are versus here am I. This is really interesting. This is what came into my mind here, what you're saying. And this is Mark 5, verse 30. It says, Jesus realized at once that healing power had gone out from him. So he turned around in the crowd and asked, who touched my robe? Uh, Verse 31, his disciples said to him, look at this crowd pressing around you. How can you ask who touched me? Verse 32, but he kept on looking around to see who had done it. Then the frightened woman, trembling in the realization of what had happened to her, came and fell to her knees in front of him and told him what she had done. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Your, Your suffering is over. So I say all that. That's a lot of scripture there. But this idea that Jesus... He was doing a there you are type of thing. 
and not a here am I type of thing. I think there's a way to live our life like that. But what stands out to me the most about this is verses 35 through, I would say, verses 36. So you got to imagine that Jesus had been standing with Jairus and this whole time. Jairus is probably thinking to himself, what the heck's going on? Like, my daughter's dying. Like, he stops and hangs out with this woman who is no, not even named in the scriptures. I mean, it's clearly no one's been able to help her. And I'm sure Jarius, well, he's probably well known. He's a he's a local synagogue leader. He's named in the Bible. Uh, people would have known who he was. And I'm sure he's losing his mind. And it says here in verse 35 of Mark chapter five, while he was still speaking to her, messengers arrived from the home of Jarius, the leader of the synagogue. They told him, "Hey, your daughter's dead. There's no use troubling the teacher now." But Jesus overheard them and said to Jarius, "Don't be afraid. Just have faith." And then verse 37 goes on to talk about how he took Peter and James and John and healed her. Because Jesus made a there you are moment instead of a here I am moment, a potential healing became a resurrection. It said the girl who was 12 years old immediately stood up and walked around. They were overwhelmed and totally amazed. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? I know I just went off on a Bible tangent, but I'd love to. What do you think about that? I think this is a really... I mean, an amazing an example of Jesus being a there you are person. If you look at yeah. verse 30, it says at once Jesus knew the power had gone out of him. I think there's I think there's something there that we could we could look at to kind of further our understanding of what a there you are person does. Mm-hmm. And what a so there you are person does is they're able to identify that important moment. Mm-hmm. Mm. You know, if we think about all the moments and we think about all the things in our day, I mean, we can get slammed. Like if you had to, if you told me everything I was going to do in a whole day or in a whole week, I would be totally overwhelmed. Yeah. So I just have to take things just moment by moment, step by step. In doing mm. so, I think it gives us an opportunity as, as living on mission to identify those important moments, like God woke me up for this moment today, for this 30 second conversation, for this, you know, this moment to smile at this person or this moment to give encouragement or recognize this, the presence of this person or their ability or something like that. And I think Jesus, Jesus was able to do that in, in, in the midst of all of those people, in the midst of Jerry is trying to like get him to the house. Jesus mm-hmm. identified the moment and stopped and yeah. everybody else was on pause and he, he did his thing. And that's what a, there you are person does. They're yeah. able to identify that important moment for me. It's all right. I've identified the moment like, wow, this is really awesome. I can't believe I get to do this today. And then like taking a deep breath and saying a quick prayer. Usually that prayer for me is like, wow, I do not have the capacity to handle this. I don't have the words. I have no idea what to say. Jesus, would you like, would you just help me know what to do in this conversation? Would you help me know how to approach this student or this situation at home? Like I have no idea what to do with my four-year-old son, like deep breath. God, would you just help me with this? Mm. And I think that would make me something we've talked about is a spiritually powerful person. It helps me carry out that ministry 
that I am doing. Again, it's not about what I'm doing. It's about how I'm doing it. And at the end of the day, I can't do it alone. Yeah. So I, I think for Jesus, he just really represents that there you are person who identifies the moment and then is filled with with God's presence to follow through and to fulfill that mission that he is on. I think you we're on to something here that part of personal ministry is about recognizing those moments and in doing it in thankfulness. And I mean, that's what you said in the beginning, you said thankfulness increases my faithfulness. So, I mean, this is what Jesus did. This is how Jesus led. And so just to posture ourselves by having an attitude of thankfulness, Hey, I'm about to walk into work. Um, Hey, I'm about to walk into my home. Hey, I'm about to walk into whatever, whatever the spaces are that you're interacting with people. I'm about to interact into this moment with these people. Lord, thank you for what you've already done in me. Thank you for the work that you've already, like you've already given me. There you are people. Let me be a, there you are people. How can I be attentive in this moment that I'm about to interact in with people so that I can show God's love, his kindness, uh, his mercy, his forgiveness. I mean, this is, this is the, this demonstrated. And then people see that in our life. And as you mentioned, they see what it looks like to be spiritually powerful versus spiritually dull. Because oftentimes, you know, the challenge is, is that we interact with people and if we're really not living in um, submission to Christ and we're not really focusing on him, then we do it in our own strength and we appear uh, to be spiritually dull over time because like we're not powerful. We're not compelling. And I don't know for me, just like thinking about this idea of if I could for the next seven days ask God to give me wisdom and what it means to be thankful so that he could increase my faithfulness and do that by being a there you are person, man, I think that would be rocket fuel for me if I did that for a week. I don't know about, I mean, I don't know about what others think about that, but I mean, I think that's very, very good strategy for, for living a life and trying to get clarity on what personal ministry looks like. Absolutely. Chris, you just give so many good words. And you just like your language just frames up the ideas that have been in my head. So I appreciate that. That is awesome. Yeah. Well, there's lots to think about. I mean, I'm sure there's other scriptures that we could reflect on. I think starting Jesus, one of the big things we've tried to do in this series is to focus on the spaces, the story and the strengths of Jesus instead of looking at ourselves always, sometimes we look at ourselves, which, you know, we're not compelling because we're sinful. So where do we start? We need to start with Jesus. We need to look at the spaces that he interacted with people. We need to look at the story that he lived. I mean, really, when we begin to suffer for him, when we begin to to pick up our cross and follow him, uh, that's where we begin to see our own strengths because when we're weak, he is strong. And so there's something really I mean, I don't know. We, I don't think we've really double tapped on that enough in this series, but I do think that this practical way of, as you said, in Colossians 4 to having thankfulness with a humble heart 
It helps us have, it increases our faithfulness and we can do that by being a there you are person. I mean, I think that alone is enough for us to wrestle on just for a week until we have the next episode, just continuing in our series with Colossians. So I want to thank you for just taking the time to spend with us. Is there any encouraging thing you would want to say with our listeners as we leave? Absolutely. One of the things that has been a hallmark of my faith is just looking at what God has done. Mm -hmm. And for me, it is like we talked about before, remembering someone who has had an impact on your life. But I think the other thing would just be remembering what God has done. Remember all the things that God has brought you through and being thankful for those moments just gives you the power to move into the next moment. I've heard it said before, what God has done is a precursor to what he's going to do. Mm. And so that thankfulness, that posture of thankfulness and remembrance of what he has done gives me the energy and the, just the emotion and the edge to go into the next moment and be yeah. able to kind of just captivate and capture that ministry opportunity that I've been given. Yeah. So good. And I think there's a tension there. I mean, as we're, I know we're trying to land the plane here, but if I, if I'm not careful and I don't come with a humble heart, then it's hard to be a there you are person because then mm-hmm. it becomes more about us and we become a here am I person, you know, so there's a tension there. And that's why it's so important for us as Christ followers to really humble ourselves and not make things about us but to make things about the gospel and the work that God wants to do in our life and the life of others. And so I think that is also a piece that we could wrestle through this week of, you know, if we were to take 15 minutes today and we were to think about how am I being a here in my person in this one space? How am I being a here in my person in this space, whether it's work or school or whether it's your home or whether it's, you know, a community group, like where am I bringing the conversation back to myself Mm. and actually being a here in my person versus a there you are person. And I think that we can be a there you are person when we ask questions, when we really help like get people back to the gospel. I mean, that is personal ministry in, 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 in its truest form. So I think there's a lot there. We could probably talk about this for a long time, but I do want to thank you for being with us today and and just giving us this one idea, I think can create some real great momentum, some spiritual momentum in our life. So thanks thanks for being with us today. Absolutely, Chris. I appreciate the opportunity and I'm grateful for the work you're doing and all the others that have come before me to jump in and be willing to serve and share. It's been a great catalyst in my own walk and ministry, and I'm grateful for that. So thank you. You bet, man. Well, as we wrap up today's episode, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, The goal of this series has been to help Christ followers recognize the importance of replicating their faith in Jesus and developing a renewed passion for disciple making. So be sure to check out the show notes for the resources and the stretch assignments that have been added that you can implement to create forward movement around this episode. You can access this resource by emailing me at hello at culturebus.cc or check out the show notes for more information. If you're new to the podcast, consider signing up to receive these tools in your inbox with each new episode. You can head on over to culturebus.cc forward slash podcast to sign up. 
Join us next week. We'll dive back into the book of Colossians and we'll look at ways that we can grow in our personal ministry. All right. I'll see you next time on the Culture Bus Tools podcast.